Welcome to Greenish, where wellness meets girl boss, empowering you to live your daydream. Join me, Ari, and me, Kate, as we seek the realness from the most admirable entrepreneurs. We'll get the inside scoop about the habits that inspire them, the mission that drives them, and reflection on their roots. Let's get greenish and talk about what money and kale have in common. Hello and welcome back to Greenish. Okay, you guys are not ready. I can't stop smiling right now because Kate and I are going to talk all about mindset today and specifically with how to take control of your dreams. And in our little intro, it says that we seek to empower you to live your daydream, right? And today we're going to do just that. We're going to leave you with some tangible steps to take your mindset to the next level. Okay, so first things first, there's this trend that was going around called lucky girl syndrome. So this theory was popularized by TikToker Laura. I'm totally going to butcher her last name. Galabe? Galabe? I don't know, but she's awesome. And basically what it says is... I'm so lucky. Everything is always happening for me. Like basically believing that you're the luckiest girl in the world and that you are worthy and deserving of everything that is happening to you. It's it's really cool. Right. And this was going around like all over TikTok, all over Instagram. There's definitely some conflicting opinions and we're going to weigh in, but basically it's like what you expect and what you believe you're worthy of is what you receive. So it kind of reminds me of like with the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy, my mom would always say to me like, oh my gosh, you don't yes. believe you don't receive. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wait, <laughs> that's such a good example. Yeah. My mom even still says it. Like if I mentioned like, oh, the Are Easter you bunny, you know, it's not real. She's like, if you don't believe you don't receive, but it's kind of the same mentality. It's like, you can't help but being lucky because everything is happening for you. And so it's all about this shift away from like passiveness and towards kind of this sense of excitement for life and like all these opportunities that haven't been uncovered yet, but they're out there and they're waiting for you. Yeah. So it's widely loved. It's a bit controversial. People critique it for like toxic positivity and others are saying, you know, this has been a long used tactic in CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. So whatever you decide for yourself, we want to get into why it works, the psychology behind it. And because we're all about actionable on Greenish, how to actually change your life with this practice. Okay. So do you believe in it? Like spill. Okay. So personally, I think that lucky girl syndrome is very in line with this, like everything happens for a reason mentality. I see everything personally through a lens of faith. So I follow God. Like he leaves, he leads me on a path. He opens doors, closes them according to like his plan. And so his plan is like, what is best for me? People say rejection is God's protection. And like, I think that that's true. And I think that this, you know, syndrome, this theory is a concept that can keep people from overthinking and obsessing on the circumstances of their lives. Like, can it help you take what is like a negative or like, you know, something that's dragging you down and reframe it into a positive? Absolutely. And for that reason, you know, I think it's worth diving into. And I think it is something that can be really enhancing. What do you think? Honestly, when I first saw it on TikTok... I kind of rolled my eyes at it because I was like, oh, here's another little like positivity wellness trend that's just blowing up because people are bored and it's a cutesy thing that's easy to perpetuate through social media and it's cute scroll. Like I was, I was truly rolling my eyes at it. 
And then I kind of started thinking about it in a different way where like, I think it's the name, like lucky girl syndrome. I kind of just hate that it's called that because it, it like minimizes the idea that you are worthy and you are deserving of everything that's happening to you. And the minute you start believing that is the minute you start receiving what you believe you're worthy to receive. Right. And I think it's actually a really deep concept. Like I think even just bringing it to relationships, right? You think you're worthy of partner A and partner A does not treat you very well, and you think that's the best you're ever going to get, you might stay in a very toxic relationship when in actuality, if you believe that you shouldn't settle, you are worthy of more, etc., you'll get out of that. You'll stand up for yourself. Like You'll move on. You'll whatever. I don't know. I think I very much agree with this, and I, I think I look at it through a bit of a different lens than what you were talking about, but I'm almost annoyed that it's been popularized in the way that it has been because I feel like it minimizes and degrades such a very big concept. So I agree with it, but I wish that it was pushed through social media in a different way. I get that. I like what you said about relationships. Like I think honestly, what the whole syndrome, what the whole like philosophy goes down to is just framing. Mm -hmm. I think that mental health and we're going to get into like the discipline conversation, but I think like mental health takes a lot of discipline, which so is true. a bit of a hot take. Honestly, from like no, so true. So true. Yeah. So true. It does. Cause even working out, like working out is discipline. Like you, you have to believe that you're worthy of like, you know, feeling good in your body. So therefore like get up in the morning and like go for a workout and you're going to feel even better after, but like, you're not going to roll out of bed and be like, let's like go on a run, you know, unless you have that mentality. I would say like, I'm a bit of a tough love person, like to myself. So kind of like that discipline, like comes easy. But I think looking at it from other people, like you don't have to be a victim of your own life. And I think that what it does is it tackles like overthinking and it switches like any doubt, any kind of like mental spiral into a positive. What you were saying about relationships, like if you believe you're worthy of this person, okay, say this person like breaks your heart with this philosophy. It's like, that was meant to happen, you know, back to like rejections, God's protection. Like I'm the luckiest girl. Like I think the other side of that is being like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? That was my person. Like whatever. It's like reframe it and look at it from a positive because if you actually think about it, like why would you want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with you? Exactly. I was, I was going to say, I think because I, I'm not like full transparency, I'm not super religious, but thinking about it in that relationship light, if somebody breaks up with me, I'm very much not going to go crawling to their door and ask them to take me back because they're the best I'm ever going to do. It's going to be quite the opposite where they broke up with me. So why would I ever want to be with somebody who broke up with me in the first place? Even if they come back two days later and say, I made a mistake, I want to be back with you. Homie, you broke up with me. Like I deserve better. I I deserve better than that. You know, I want. Yeah, I want what wants me. And even in a job, it's like, oh my gosh, you got rejected from this job. Why would you want to work for a company that doesn't see your value? That's not going to go well. So that door being closed, like you are the luckiest girl because that you don't want to be there anyway. You know. I I want to take it back a second because you said something that was really interesting. You were talking about how mental health takes discipline and is hard work, right? And I think this is a really interesting concept because it automatically made me think about confidence and how in a lot of girls, especially our age, if you walk into a room and you are 
the most confident person in the room, people look at you and are like, whoa, take it down a notch. Like you're not that great. Like calm down. Like if you're the girl that walks into a room and has no self-esteem, no confidence, people are saying the opposite. Oh my gosh, be more confident. Like love yourself more, et cetera. I think that definitely goes into a bigger conversation of you know, all of societal, everything coming at you, like you're never going to be hundred percent loved by all because you could always be better. You could always be different, et cetera. Jealousy, you know, there's a million that there's like a whole conversation wrapped up in that. But instead of looking at the girl who walks in the room and is the most confident person there and immediately thinking, oh my gosh, you're not that great. Take it down a notch. I feel like I want to start looking at that girl and be like, wow, think of all the hard work you've done to get yourself to that level. Like that level of confidence, that level of feeling worthy, that feeling like that level of not taking BS from anybody, not taking, yeah, you know what I mean? Like not settling, yeah. like how that's actually like, cause you were talking about how mental health and all that stuff takes discipline and hard work. And I genuinely feel like I've been that person that's been, that said like, oh, wow, you need to take it down a notch. When in actuality, I should start looking at these girls and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so impressed with how you've worked on yourself, how much discipline you've had to be that confident and feel that good in your right. skin. Like that's a beautiful thing. And that's really impressive and amazing. And I want to like say, you know what I mean? Like changing my thought process about how I view other people right. that might be in a in that situation. I, th- I agree with that. And I think that a big thing that reminds me of, and also kind of like the syndrome syndrome situation is like the abundance versus like the lack mentality. Like if you have that lack mentality and you're looking at that girl, you're like, I want to be that girl. Like, or you're like, take it down a notch. You're like, you know, it's kind of like this, like jealousy spiral. If you're in an abundance, like mentality, you're like, oh, she's inspiring. Like, how amazing, you know, you see everything from this different perspective and you don't compare. There's no comparison going on. And I think like comparison is the thief of joy. 100%, 100% could not agree more. That attracts opportunities. Like the opposite of opportunities, growth, expansion, etc., is doubt. And like people, you know, tie this into like the term of like vibration and like raising your vibration. And like when you're at like a high vibration, like you're attracting more opportunities, more chances, like for that to even like be higher because you're just like growing and expanding and and like flourishing. Here's an example. Like, okay, Ari texts me and you're like, Hey, we need to talk. I could immediately be like, Oh my gosh. Kate, we need to talk immediately. I could be like, oh my gosh, my friend's mad at me. She's mad at me. Like, what did I do? Or I could switch the frame of mind and be like, everything's working out for me. And I go into the conversation and I'm like, whether you're mad at me or not, you know, I'm like more solution oriented. I'm more confident. I'm more clear headed. Like, I think it's just something to keep in your mind. It's like, ooh, like a little, like a little switch. Like daily mindset is so important. And we get in these like little cognitive patterns you know, like we don't think about like our mindset when we're driving or our mindset when we're falling asleep at night and like these little doubts that we've had. But have you ever had like a day when just you stub your toe first thing in the morning and then your matcha spills all over you and then you're like in traffic and then you see your friend at school and they say hi to you and you're just like not the kindest because you know, you're just like running to class and this constant stream of events. I think this is an easy way to just like switch it off and be like, I can mm-hmm. be happy at any point in time. Happiness isn't a state of mind on 
a beach or like an award. It's a decision. And the exciting thing is that like you can make that decision right now. Amen. Drop mic. That was really good. I completely agree with all of that. And that being said, I think it's time for us to talk a little bit more about the science behind this way of thinking. So Mel Robbins, who's a motivational speaker and an author says, mindset equals sunglasses. So mindset is the lens in which you see the world. And the lens in which you see the world is naturally going to impact the choices that you make. So there's abundance versus lack, as we just kind of talked about. We've all met that person with the world's against me mentality. We all know that person. There have been times that like I've I've been that person. Switch the mindset, switch the lens on your sunglasses. Oh, I love that. Wait, does that come from like rose-colored glasses? I think so. Like, can I switch the lens to make rose-colored? Yeah, I think so, which I never knew like what that term actually meant, but I would like use it all the time. Then I'd be like, why rose? (laughs) So another thing is energy flows where attention goes. We've all seen that like on Pinterest, but there's real science behind it. (laughs) It's true. I've seen it a million times. I've like saved it before, but... It's actually like there's fact behind it. So we both love Joe Dispenza and he talks about the RAS, which is the reticular activating system. Kind of reminds me of on a college campus, people say like they have their campus unicorn, which is that person that you see everywhere you go. You'll be at the basketball game and they'll be like somehow sitting next to you. And then you go to the bookstore and you run into them. Like it's just like that person that you always see or you buy a shirt and then you walk outside on the city streets of like New York and everyone seems to be wearing that shirt. Our brain naturally seeks to validate the information we're giving it with an outside stimulus. So when you feed it kind of that positivity, when you have a doubt and you switch that doubt off, your brain's going to be attracted and it's going to be looking for opportunities. It's going to be looking for ways to grow because that's what you're feeding it. This flows into the subconscious and like the root cause mentality. So on Greenish, we're all about root cause and digging deeper and you have a subconscious mind and then you have a conscious mind. So if you think about like hypnosis, for example, which I've actually done, that gets at the subconscious. It like kind of removes the layer of the conscious away and seeps into, you know, your limiting beliefs that are subconscious. So your subconscious is activated when your conscious mind is less alert. So when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed, and this is why people say in like creating a vision board, look at it before you go to bed, because this kind of like new reality or goals that you want to work towards can seep into your subconscious mind and you begin to believe it. So this is why like, do not check your phone in the morning because like naturally you're looking at life through this altered lens. Your subconscious is super vulnerable to this. And so this comparison to other people and this negativity are seeping into your subconscious brain. And then throughout the day, your brain is looking for external stimuli all day to validate this, to validate what you fed it with that morning. We want to get into the actionable aspect you know, we got into the science, like why it works, but now we're going to get into the how. So the key to all of this is action. And this is why. Going back to this idea of how you live your daydream, the answer is you plan for it. So I watched this TED Talk. It's by Zach Honavar. And it's from 2021, actually. It's from a while back, but I love watching TED Talks, even the old ones. Um, This one's called Planners Live the Dream. 
This is one of my favorite TED Talks ever because I think it talks about something that I, I had never heard somebody talk about it, like, talk about this concept of planning to dream before. But I, when you're little, you're encouraged to dream, right? You're encouraged to dream as big as you possibly can. But at a certain point, you're told that it's time to get serious and grow up and be more realistic and be more reasonable, right? When I was little, I wanted to be an astronaut. And then I wanted to be a professional triathlete. Then I wanted to be a veterinarian. And then I wanted to save the world. And then I wanted, you know, all of these like very big, larger than life things. And one day I was told, grow up, let's, let's be realistic about our dreams and whatnot. But Zach talks about how most dreams aren't accomplished, not because they're impossible, but because we don't actually build a plan for achieving them in the first place. It's brilliant. And it makes so much sense. And it goes back to how being a planner allows you to live your dream. So in the TED Talk, Zach says, quote, it is not a lack of effort or desire that leaves these dreams unattained, but our inability to take action on developing a game plan in the first place. A dream is thus nothing more than an unverified goal. Through this subtle change in approach, we increase the chances of living the way we really want to live and accomplishing what we truly want most, end quote. Bottom line here is take risks, dream big, but you have to plan to make these dreams a reality. Now, this connects to this concept of lucky girl syndrome because of this overarching idea of mindset and mentality. So up until this point, we have talked a lot about self-worth and we're really just trying to emphasize that you are worthy of even conceptualizing these big dreams, right? So now with this TED Talk... We've established that now it's time to plan for them. I am obsessed with that. And we're going to link this TED Talk for everyone to hear. That is such an important point because I think a misconception with this syndrome could be that you just sit back and like change doesn't happen sitting on the couch. Change is action. Change is making a plan, changes, being intentional with the time that you have too. Someone interviewed me yesterday for Greenish. And the one thing that they were asking is like, what have you learned the most from every guest? And I said like the, the theme from every single guest coming together is like change didn't happen overnight. Like there are businesses that we look at because they're featured in Forbes. They're on the cover of a magazine. We think like, oh my gosh, they're a genius or oh my gosh, like, you know, they got put in this lucky situation where like everything worked out, but they're like, oh no, like I was building this business for three years and I worked on it every morning from, you know, 6am to 7am, just like a slow build. And eventually like I could quit my full-time job because I was making money on the side enough for this passion to be my real job. That goes back to like intention and like creating a plan and putting yourself in the position where these opportunities come to you and where you can get lucky. So I love that. Yes. No, no, no. I love it. So I love this concept so much. And I want to connect it to one of my favorite quotes. Luck is about choice, preparation, and a willingness to put in the work, regardless of the outcome. You position yourself to get lucky. And I think that ties perfectly into that TED Talk as well. So when you turn this episode off today, what are you going to do to shine your brightest light? You're the luckiest girl in the world. So you address when you're overwhelmed. 
Lucky girl syndrome does not mean fantasizing your life into dissolution. Everyone experiences anxiety. Everyone experiences overwhelm. So how do you deal with it? Ari and I talk a ton about the brain dump, you know, listen to our season two, episode one for more, but basically taking a piece of paper, writing down everything that's on your mind for five minutes, splitting it up saying, you know, can I do something about this? Is this in my control? If it is, then taking action, you know, maybe it's like a looming deadline or an email that you've been needing to send, or maybe it's a bigger theme and it's something that you can't control. And in that case, you know, praying about it or, um, just finding ways to create ease around that situation. Um, addressing overwhelm can also be through prayer, can also be through gratitude. You know, what if you woke up tomorrow with like what you thanked God for today? That's one of my favorite quotes. There's so much like beauty around us and there's so much amazing things around us. And I think that the more we focus on gratitude, the less overwhelmed we see, the less the more we focus on gratitude, the less overwhelm we see in our day-to-day lives because we see, you know, just how small our piece of the puzzle is in comparison to something so beautiful and something so great. You're the luckiest girl in the world. So you're going to be kinder to others. You're going to compliment strangers. You're going to hold the door open. You're going to help carry groceries. You're going to volunteer. You're going to think of others before you think of yourself because your own self-worth, like your cup will be full. You should feel fulfilled with your own self-worth and within your own life. And therefore, you're not going to be your own center of the world. You know, I feel like the the people who are most fulfilled and who are thinking of others most often, their cups are full, they're fulfilled with their lives, and therefore they're able to make space for others and they're able to prioritize others. But when you're your own center of your world, it's very hard to make space for others. So before this episode, Kate and I were talking and something that I definitely wanted to mention was this quote by Diane von Furstenberg. And I cannot remember exactly what it was, but it's somewhere along the lines of the first minute of her day every day are spent giving to someone else in some capacity. And I think that is so incredibly beautiful. You are absolutely setting yourself up to be selfless. You're setting yourself up to put others first. It makes you expand by giving. Like sometimes I feel like I go through a day and I couldn't tell you what anybody from my day that I encountered was wearing. I couldn't tell you how other people were feeling and if people were stressed and if the people I encountered were angry or frustrated or happy or sad because I was in my own world all day long and how lonely that feels, how you get home from the end of the day and you all you were thinking about all day was yourself. How frustrating that, like that is so lonely. That's such a sad concept. Why are we doing that to ourselves? Like starting your day off by giving to, by giving five minutes to someone else, even if that means sending somebody a text when they're going through a hard day, like when they're going through something, maybe they're not going through anything and you just text your best friend. Hey, I'm thinking about you today. Hey, today's going to be a kick-ass day. Hey, mom, I love you. Hey, dad, I'm really proud of you you know, just little things. And it's not necessarily that you're putting someone before yourself because, you know, at Greenish, we always talk about the value and importance of like really being selfish sometimes because it's not that. It's just you're reframing your mind. And I feel like you're rewiring your day to be not just about you. 
I think the happiest people are the people that give the most. The luckiest girl in the world is you. So you also fight competency because you have confidence that things are going to work out. So a way to do this is finding hobbies and this should be fun. So pick up sewing, pick up piano, call a friend that you haven't talked to in a while, like find fun ways to like volunteer near like your college campus, whatever it is, like kind of goes back to what Ari was saying about like getting uncomfortable, like making a plan, like being lucky isn't just like sitting back. And if you have confidence that things are going to work out and you have confidence that, you know, I'm a competent person. And if I pick up, you know, piano lessons, like it's going to be something I enjoy and it's going to be something that like I can work towards. That should be fun. And I think that finding hobbies is a good way also, you know, to like fight this overwhelm and like also find gratitude and find like a fun community, et cetera. I think it really all works together, but I think that there's so much to be said for just like making sure that you're still learning, making sure that like information's always coming in, you know, maybe there you want to learn about like architecture. So like find a podcast about architecture. Maybe you are super interested in art history, like find a cool YouTube video of like, someone explaining, you know, like different art movements, like whatever it is, like there's so much to be interested in. And I think when you have a genuine belief that things are going to work out and life is just, life is great. You know, the more interested you are and the more outside of yourself and outside of your mind that you get. And last but not least, you're the luckiest girl in the world. So you allow yourself to feel contrast. Now, when I was thinking about what I wanted to say for this last one, it really took me a while because I feel like Kate and I have talked about a lot of really valuable concepts throughout this episode. I really had to think about, okay, if you are truly feeling and living the lucky girl syndrome, how does that actually truly manifest within your own life? And I was looking at my phone and it hit me. This is my lock screen right now. And it's this beautiful quote. And I was like, oh my gosh, I absolutely have to share this. So you don't need balance. You need contrast. Write poetry, train jujitsu, live in New York and then the middle of nowhere. Own a Bentley and a dirt bike. Own a mansion and run a marathon. Spend time at the edges. Flood your senses. Embrace your extremes. Treat every day like an experiment. Never live the same day twice. Have a healthy dose of art and war. Create violently. Live peacefully. Because a life without extremes is a life unlived. I think that is such a beautiful way to wrap up this idea of how to truly live like you're the luckiest girl in the world. Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. We are your best friends and your biggest cheerleaders. We want you to shine your brightest light. So live generously. And find contrast. And remember, you are the luckiest girl in the world. So live like it. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode you can find anything we mentioned today linked in our show notes and if you want more go to our website at www.agreenishlife.com we'll see you next time on greenish Okay, so y'all know the Spotify algorithm. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review, share, and rate us. So we can reach more people and keep spreading greenish. We'll see you next week.